He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. I'm Evan Wexel, and this is a podcast where I interview a different Facebook friend every episode at Awkward with Evan on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, awkwardwithevan.com, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, all that stuff, Apple Podcasts, write a review, share, five star, all that fun. Uh, I am bringing on another Facebook friend, a fellow Theta Chi brother who I have never met. Um, but for some reason, uh, I guess we just somehow joined up maybe 14 years ago is my guess. Uh, his name is Andrew Michelson. I believe now he is a field service electrician somewhere and he, he gets contracted to, uh, to do his thing all over the country. He just works the road, I guess, um, without the stage, but he tells me, uh, you know, about his travels and, uh, he actually did, uh, this whole interview while he's in like a, a hotel on the Vegas, by the Vegas airport. And, uh, I have a nice, uh, photo of his digs, uh, for my photo collage that I usually use to promote this. Um, and then we get into the time he had to turn on the power of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. He turned on Iowa guys. And, uh, plus we talk a little bit about his, um, time in the brotherhood, time in college, time in the Navy. And, uh, you know, He's actually leaving Facebook by the end of the month, so I kind of have to r- rush to get this up and get this all ready for you guys. So I'm going to promote it and uh, show it uh, commercial-free for you guys. Um, if you do like this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash funnyevan uh, to support for as little as a dollar a month. That's all I'm going to say. And uh, enjoy my talk with Andrew Michelson. Just jumping in. This is socially awkward with Evan Wexel, and what better awkward discussion to have than to bring on a Theta Kai while he's in a random hotel near the Vegas airport? Andrew Michelson, <laughs> how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good, actually. And how about yourself? Uh, doing all right. Doing all right. This is this is fun. Um, it's always good to to reconnect with brothers that I may not have ever met. I don't. Have we ever met? Not to my knowledge, no. No, were you part of the your the NJIT chapter in Newark, New Jersey? Um, did you guys do the It Is to the contest? Were you part of that with uh, Brian Evans, maybe, and some other guys? With Evan Tyerman, maybe? No. Uh, so I know of those guys, but Different I era? never actually met them personally. Yeah. Uh, because I was actually kicked out of NJIT um, spring semester of two thousand seven, so I haven't. Uh, been in the college environment okay in more than a decade at this point well good i'm sure i'm sure you were right in getting kicked out i'm sure you it led you to bigger bigger things yeah know. you know <laughs> went, uh went to community college joined the navy oh yeah um and now i and now i work for the siemens corporation which is the reason why i'm here in vegas and not back home in uh, kansas what what is that corporation doing i don't the seem C- C- oh siemens corporation yeah okay so that that is that like something adjacent to what you did in the navy, or is this something something yes. new? Okay. Uh, yes, it's it's um pretty much a direct result of the uh, skills and knowledge I picked up when I was in the navy. Okay. Um, because uh, when I was in the navy, I was a, a nu- 
I had nuclear qualified electricians made. So I worked on nuclear reactors on an aircraft carrier. Nice. Come across any plutonium ever? Uh, no, actually. <laughs> and, and even if I did, um, I wouldn't be able to say anything about it. That's true. Good, good point. Uh, cool. I like how we, this, the, the genesis of our conversation came because I guess, I don't know what I posted, but it was, it, it was, it was something about new, um, no, not news. It was something about the, uh, federal trade commission going after Facebook, uh, for, um, asking them to be broken up laws. yes yes and then there was a little bit of a misunderstanding because uh, because um just seeing the post that evan tierman uh, puts up on facebook i generally disagree with him and i confused you <laughs> two um due to the fact that at the time i saw that i was at a rest stop uh in in transit between birmingham alabama and cedar rapids iowa nice and then all uh, the and yeah. Yeah. And then and then we got to talking a little bit and then the genesis of this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you you basically and it was great. It was a great un- underhanded compliment to me because you had thought you had always disagreed with me. And it was okay if you yeah. have I've interviewed people that have disagreed with me. It's funny with with that guy. Evan's been on my podcast. He was my episode 2. I did I interviewed two Evans way up front in the beginning like years ago. Okay. And uh but I know since then he's jousted with one of my more recent guests uh, who works at PragerU, and that created a big kerfuffle in in, in Theta Kyland uh, when I tried to share yeah. it. But it, it was you know good came out of it, and I had to do like another interview with a different brother as like the the to handle the aftermath of all I created from posting <laughs> the interview yeah, with I... his arch enemy. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that um, going on on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I wasn't able to follow it super closely, though, just based on the fact, though, of just my job. I'm, yeah. As you, could, as you could probably surmise, I travel a lot. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Like it, are you flying now everywhere? Like you've been flying this whole time? No, driving. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah, because um, the thing is, so I'm a field service engineer, okay. um, and, and the and I say I work for Siemens, which is technically true. Right. Um, the company I actually work for is called Rust Electric, and it's a company that makes electrical distribution gear for like hospitals, data centers. Oh, awesome! Manufac- manufacturing plants, uh, transportation hubs, and that kind of thing. Well, yeah. Rust Electric got bought out by Siemens last year. Oh, right wow. before I got, well, right after I got hired. Oh, no. Um, well, lucky and, for them. Lucky for yeah. them, you were, you, were, you were their property already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is ironic because I had actually, uh, before I got separated from the Navy, I had actually interviewed with um, a different division of Siemens in San Diego, yeah. uh, where I was stationed originally. Yeah. And they opted not to, uh, not to proceed uh, to a second interview with me. Oh, wow. And I was just like, I was like, eh, all right, whatever. Yeah. Then, like a month or two later, I get a phone call from the um, from the headhunter, the Italian scout that I was working with, wow. to help me uh, help me find a job for after the military. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yeah, I got this job opportunity for the company called Russ Electric," and that was just all phone interviews because, like, when I got hired by Russ Electric, my my original manager was yeah. living in Portland, Oregon. I was based out of Sacramento. I was hired for a position out of Sacramento, California. Yeah. The the HR rep I was talking with was in Hingham, Massachusetts. 
and the train coordinator that was making that was verifying my level of knowledge was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <laughs> and that is that a commonplace thing to find out? Like, I'm sure yes. that's happening a lot more now, but um, yes. Um, well, it depends on the on the company too. Like, Just, if it's Siemens, yeah, it, Siemens has field offices all over the country. Okay. So they can have people come to a centralized location for face to face. Right. Something like Rust Electric, who are the Rust Electric field service engineers, we're scattered all around the country. Like I I've met my manager in when I was in Sacramento, I met him once <laughs> and that was and that was when I was in Seattle helping out another one of uh, another one of our guys. Wow. Um, since moving out here out to Kansas I met that manager once, and that was before <laughs> I ever started working for him. So, um, so is it kind of a nice most, little network? Like, is there like a, a Facebook group of like field service technicians that all kind of get together? And, no, nope. no, we just have a we just have a company wide contact list of every field service engineer's number. Yeah, that like um, at like number and like what town they live in at the very least, so that way. Like, let's say I get a call a call from our trouble center. Like, right. yeah, this site's having a problem. I'll call the client, see what the problem is. And if I can help them through it over the phone, I will. If I if not, then I'll have to see about trying to get somebody there. And yeah. and if I can't physically be the one to go there, I have to call up whoever the closest uh, closest guy is to head out there. And now, like, you're, dri- you're driving back to Kansas from Vegas? Yes. Or- wow. Yes. That'd be yeah, that's, that's fun about, 20 hours. About 19, nice. Yeah. 19, 20 hours when you factor in stops for gas, stretch, get food, that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure yeah. I like, I love the adventure of just driving everywhere. I mean, I had a Southeast early on, like in 2006, like I had a thing where I drove in the Southeast, like 2200 miles in like 10 days. It was kind of, <laughs> it was not a, a, a lucrative uh, endeavor, but yeah, it's like I don't, I don't know. Do you enjoy the road? Or do you have do you have road hacks being in your car the whole time? Um, I mean, it kind of evolves um, as my body gets used to different things. Yeah. I, at first, at first, it was just me, just you know, listening to music and just kind of jamming out while I was driving. Yeah. Um. Then, it, then I started like reconnecting with some old friends, um, yep. and keeping in touch with uh, friends of mine from the Navy. Yeah. So I just randomly call them, talk to them for like an hour or two if I was if I was stuck in traffic or just having a long, uh, super long drive ahead of me. Yeah. Um, lately, it's been audiobooks and yeah. uh, podcasts from different uh, different YouTubers that gotcha. I've been uh, slowly getting myself into. Yeah. Well, you have a hundred episodes to listen to of this, so you can make sure there's one episode leads to the next, and it doesn't. But <laughs> you have a new, <laughs> new podcast to throw into your queue, I guess. Um, did, did your, so your engineering background was able to, when did the Navy idea, my dad actually was in the Navy in like Rhode Island way back when, but, um, when did you get the, when did that lean in? Did you lean into the Navy after engineering or was Navy always something before engineering? So this is a slightly complex question. Okay. The reason I say that is. Well, uh, no, and the reason why I say that is because I so I started at NGIT in the, in September of two thousand four. Right. So right after I graduated high school. Yeah. Um, after my first year, so after so after I pledged Theta Chi. Right. Um, during that summer, I was kind of feeling doubt. 
about being in college. Right. And I started talking to a Navy recruiter back in the summer sometime of 2005. Yeah. Um, I decided at the time not to go through with it. And then I got kicked out of NGIT in 2007. Tried work, tried working, going to community college, get my associates to maybe get back to NGIT. Sure. Um, that ended up not panning out because then I realized that, yeah, I should have gone with the military or gone with the trade school or something like that. Right. So at, at that point, then I knew the Navy had a nuclear engineering program. Yeah. Um, and that's why I decided. And when I approached my recruiter in 2009. Yeah. To the, no, to no, it was uh, 2010. That's what it was. It was 2010. Mm-hmm. I approached my recruiter, and and when I walked into the office, they were like, oh, you think about joining the Navy? I'm like, yeah. Oh, you have any jobs in mind? And I looked them square in the eye. I'm like, yeah, either CV or nuke. <laughs> and, and they were just like, well, shit, okay. This guy knows what he, knows what he wants. <laughs> nice. Uh, then I waited. Then I, you know, did all the all the requisite entry things. I took the took the ASVAB, scored really high on that. Oh yeah, um, I've seen that test. I've never. I don't know what's on that test, but I've like as a tutor, like I've sometimes seen people like looking for tutors for that. Uh, so, yeah. So the ASVAB, it depends on what is, what edition of it you're uh, you're looking at, but it's right. between eight and nine sections of between forty and sixty questions a section. Yeah. The first four. Um, the first four tests, uh, basic academics. So, yeah. so language skills, uh, mathematics, um, science, right. and, and I, and I believe it's two math sections, one okay. for like algebra, geometry kind of stuff. The other yeah. one just for straight arithmetic. Wow. Okay. And then, and then the final section is the last four or five, depending on, depending on addition, that's more occupational stuff. So it'll test things like. Like your ability to basically put it, put a puzzle together, essentially. Okay, so it's um, like a bit of an IQ test, maybe uh, aptitude. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not so much an IQ, but it is okay. an aptitude test. Okay. Like it'll in- include like electrical knowledge, mechanical knowledge. Oh, okay. Um, again, your ability to put to put things together and that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I scored really high. Yeah, I scored really high on it across the board. Then I had to wait around for fourteen months until they were able to finally get me a shift into boot camp. Oh, and then um, end of October of 2011, I got on the plane. I got a plane in in uh, Philadelphia, and then found myself in uh, Chicago. So you're in Chicago most of the time. Um, well, uh, Great Lakes um, is uh, which is north of Chicago. But yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. Good. So uh, how how many? I have to ask you now. How many states have you been to? Because you've mentioned a lot of states already. Are you keeping track? Okay. <laughs> Um, it's going to take me a second to actually figure it out. So I'm going to start it, from the beginning. Is it, is it more than half? Uh, I would say probably close to. Okay, cool. Okay. So I'm from New Jersey. Yep. I've been to Pennsylvania. Yep. I've been to New York. Yep. been to Massachusetts, <laughs> Rhode Island, Connecticut, <laughs> Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, yep. um, South Carolina, Illinois, nice. Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, Louisiana, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Iowa, uh, Minnesota, South Dakota, yeah, South Dakota, <laughs> North Dakota, North Carolina, um, Nevada, California, Washington, no. Idaho, no Oregon, 
uh, no, no Oregon. I didn't actually drive into or fly into Oregon. Right. Uh, but I went just went to Seattle. I got on a plane and um, and uh, flew to Seattle. Yeah. No, uh, will there will there ever be a situation where Alaska and Hawaii would would add to your list? Actually, Ho- Hawaii is on that list. Actually, I've been nice. there twice. Work related or just because? Uh, when I was when I was in the Navy. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah, both my deployments. Um, our last stop before we pulled into San Diego yeah. was uh, was Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Oh wow, it's amazing. Uh, that sounds like a lot of. I mean, and and you're in, you know, you kind of do you, you like relish the road, or is it more of just like you relish where you're getting, or or I mean, I'm sure you've probably been to like thirty. You, you're getting when you said you're getting adjusted to to life. I'm assuming you meant you have to get adjusted to each Denny's you land at in each state. <laughs> uh, Denny's or Waffle House. Waffle House, uh, yes. <laughs> um, well, is so for me the the biggest adjustment that I had to make with um, that I've had to make personally is just adjusting to the gr- much greater amount of freedom that I have as a civilian as opposed to when I was in the military, right. Um, cause you have to clock in and middle. you have musters and so on. And yeah, pretty much like you have musters, you have restrictions on where you can go and right. when you can go there. Yep. Um, but the, the whole idea of being in a uniform does, uh, wasn't an adjustment because quite frankly, like any job you have, any regular type of job you have, right. What you like the, the, you, the dress code is your uniform. Right. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're, a janitor at a at a school, or you're a you know high a high end uh, finance manager for a major multinational co- uh, corporation. Right. Both of them both of them have a dress code, and that's their uniform. So nice. so that was never really a big adjustment for me. Um, which I'll be honest, I can kind of dress however I want as long as I look presentable and <laughs> it's safe to work in our electrical equipment. Yeah. That- um. Because yeah. you're because you're so hands on, you're not like gonna be like the the white collar person showing up there. You're you're just going in there. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like oh. like my like I've started buying like act like like getting a dedicated work wardrobe, which mm-hmm. is all consisting of of um, specially made um, like jeans and pullover shirts and everything. Yeah, that are specifically made to be um, electrically safe. Uh, Oh, garments. Yeah. So, like, if something were to happen, there was a like an arc blast or something coming out of uh, a transfer switch that I'm working in. I could like that could protect me up to a certain uh, certain value of energy being released. Yep. Um, do you do I? And I can just totally different than from all the travels. Where do your sports allegiances lie? As I'm from the you know I'm from the tri-state area as well. Are they there? Um, or are they have they changed since you've been? Do you follow? I, am a, I do not follow baseball. I don't care for baseball in the slightest. Right. But <laughs> but if someone has a baseball game on, uh, and I will yep. root for wh- whoever's playing against the Yankees. Ah. <laughs> I I actually actively despise the Yankees. Um, the, uh, my football team is the Giants. For okay. as embarrassing as that is. Oh, that's okay. I'm a Jets fan. That's fine, and I'm a Yankees fan, but that's fine too. Yeah, I, I'm a Jets. Uh, and my hockey. And my hockey team is the one team that play that um, plays in New Jersey that's associated with New Jersey, the New Jersey Devils. Ah, there you go. 
I got to go. Yeah, I got to be in Prudential once or twice for something. Uh, I think what I did is I once worked for like the New Jersey Gladiators. It was like some arena football league. I think I tried doing yeah. that as an intern one time. Yeah, I have like, I think I got rid of that shirt, but yeah. Yeah. Nice little thing. Uh, cool. Uh, do you, do you have, this is our first conversation, I guess. I think, cause obviously I, we became Facebook friends cause I was like trying to probably hit you up for, for a gig at, at NJIT back in the day of which I did or eventually just, have one. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say either that or it just seemed like you were just like trying to hit it up just uh, Theta Kai brothers in general at the time. I was, I mean, I was, this is probably like, I started doing that in like Oh five and it's kind of stopped happening, but you know, with everything virtual now I could be. I could start doing it more again. Um, yeah. Just cause like logistics of a, of a chapter logistically being able to afford me, I, I understand is not realistic for the most part, but if it's a virtual thing, I could always reconnect. And I used to like update the list of all the chapters in the country every year. Um, and now, yeah. you know, you just kind of try to keep your nose to it and see who's, what chapters are new, who's the new presence. It's, it's, it's a bit of a to do, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I was trying yeah, I, I think you were either like on the exec or something way back when. I actually, or... um, the closest I ever got to being on the executive board, uh, for the Epsilon side chapter was yeah. when I was the community service chairman. Okay. You were, you were probably the uh, only I person there. I could find. I think that's probably why <laughs> they were more only, than likely. Yeah. They had yeah. like maybe not um, much of a website. So I had to just, this guy, Andrew yeah. has something. He has a Yahoo account or I don't know what you have, but yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so it's our first conversation. Do you have any questions for me? It's our first time talking. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you so don't have like, to. Like, obviously, you know, I, I know that you're a stand-up comedian. Like, what got you into stand-up? Uh, I was uh, – I don't know. I, w- I didn't intend to. I mean, I had I was doing like – after college, I worked – I interned at the NHL, um, just being an intern there for, for fan development. And it ran out, and I just – you know, I took a class – um, I took a class after I took a sports marketing seminar, uh, at okay. NYU and I was funny during the final presentation. So the professor's like, it's not so much about how I did with the presentation. It's that I was funny. And she's like, you know what? Just get on the stage. So I took a class at stand up, and, uh, it's, I don't know. I just kind of too dumb to stop. So I just kind of stayed with it. And, uh, yeah. And actually yeah. I have sometimes I, I can actually, uh, teach kids from time to time comedy now i'm starting to do that a little bit which has been fun because you're teaching them like how to write and like you know they're trying to you know i'm trying to teach them like just just find something that's wrong or they're like complaining about their mom or their parents or they're like have funny like covid jokes and you know all that fun stuff so you know just yeah. trying to get get buddy i do i i don't know i just need need i don't do it as much as i'd like but i i have not stopped so it's it's a good it's a good art you know if you can do that yeah. 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 Like everything, because I'm a huge fan of stand up comedy. Yeah. Um, and like my favorite all time comedian, uh, you know, rest his soul is George, is George Carlin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I appreciate him more and more. To, yeah. Yeah. I, I had the pleasure of seeing him live um, back in 2004, actually, mm-hmm. when he was still coming up with his material, with some of his material for what I, for like I, for one of his final, if not his actual final, um, HBO special. Um, it was like it was like the Modern Man bit that he had. Yeah, uh, that was in his uh, third book, like the intro to his third book. Okay. As he was as he was practicing that material, um, uh, that's the, that's the, one of the shows I got to see is him like, going through touring and like coming and you know 
making sure that he was able to repeat that stuff above verbatim without having to consult notes. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I mean, I do songs because like I feel like the idea of like remembering something word for word, I wouldn't I don't want it to be too much like a script, but I think that's that is kind of like the gold of comedy if you can make it not seem like a script when it is a script because when you see the same comedian a few times and you realize how similar they can be from night to night. But yeah, that when you hear that, like the authenticity of them saying it for the, like they're saying it for the first time, like they're just telling you something that, yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's good. I mean, hopefully you can, you can get out to some clubs uh, depending on your state, the, the state you're in uh, geographically. <laughs> well, and, and, uh, that's also once, once all of this uh, fine, fine mess that we, yeah. that uh, 2020 has turned into is probably blown <laughs> over and people can actually start going out again. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's rough. And, uh, we're, I'm doing what I can here in California. So we'll, we'll see. It's, yeah. A lot of people are leaving here, but so, so it goes. It's the way yeah. the, as the wind blows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, well, thank you, thank you for approving of of my viewpoints. Once you knew who the, it was, the right Evan. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would I would say I would say if the, usually if anyone had anything to promote, I don't know if I would just tell people to go to Siemens and look them up and see what great <laughs> services they offer. And the problem is they're all industrial applications. <laughs> they're all industrial. Um, I I I'm dead, I am completely serious. Like um. Like they have a multitude of divisions spread across like probably like thirty countries. Yeah. Um, they empl- and they employ like four hundred thousand people or something across the world. But the problem is that every single service that they offer is not good for like uh, for like residential or anything. It's all like commercial or right. industrial applications. Right. So like, I'm never gonna go to somebody's house to sit there and fix their equipment. No, I'm like I like I'm going to a hospital. <laughs> is uh, like. Couple months ago, actually, um, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, yeah. uh, one one of our clients up there is a hospital. Yeah. That they had a there was a tornado that blew through there. Whoa. Yeah, and I get a phone call from their head of facilities. Hey, Andrew, we just had a, a tornado blow through, knock out power for the city, and two of our ATSs won't work. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh, my wife is working, and I have my kids. Um, give me an hour to get our babysitter over here, and I'll start making my way up there. <laughs> It's like Andrew, turn on the city for us. Turn on the lights. Oh switch. yeah, and that was, and that was probably one of the most unsettling experiences that I've ever had. Is driving into an urban area when all the lights are out. Right, you can't see anything. Now, yeah, because it feels like apocalypse or Walking Dead, probably. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. imagine, like if you were like um on like one of the hills overlooking overlooking Los Angeles, and just the just the entire city just went dark. But well, we get to have that sometimes. We have, we like to have rolling blackouts because. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that when I was in Sacramento. Uh, we had to, yeah, we had to sit there and help coordinate with our uh, with our customers sometimes all throughout Sacramento and the Bay Area. Yep. Oh God, I hate San Francisco. Oh my God. That's funny because I my other interview earlier today was with a, a reporter from San Francisco. So it was yeah, I, yeah. I, I, we empathized. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well, you. Well, I'm glad you turned Iowa back on. Uh, I had to <laughs> well, just, just a little, just a just a little part of it, and then it really turned it back on. It is as much as it was making sure that the hospital, yeah, was able to operate the way it needed to. <laughs> true. True. I do. You, do you, 
this is a random question. I like because I thought it. Do you have a favorite blackout ever that has happened in a movie? Now, like, uh, have you ever watched what? movies where there's like the power goes out and it just kind of it really impinged on you? No, I don't know. This is a stupid question. I, I, I'm thinking back on it, and like I immediately thought of Superman two. I think that was when the power went out. I don't know which mm. Superman movie. I don't know. I'm really try I'm really, really trying to think. And there's not that many movies I can think of that had any type of blackout element in there. Yeah. Or, that it stands out. Or electricians showing up. I guess they don't really show up in the movies. <laughs> one day. Um probably so I would say like the one thing that annoys me. About movies, and, and this is something, that, and this is something that stand, and, the, and this is what makes it stand out to me, is whenever they're dealing with anything involving nuclear power, yeah, because because Hollywood always gets it wrong, right? Like I spent I spent eight years of my life learning about and actually working on nuclear reactors, and then I go to a movie and they have something like, oh, the reactor is critical, and everybody starts freaking out, and I'm sitting there <laughs> holding my head in my hands, feeling my soul die a little bit. <laughs> Because you want it to be critical. That's a good thing. Yeah, that means that nothing is changing, and yeah. you, you don't have to worry about anything bad happening. It's doing its job. Do, do you think the atomic bomb was a good idea? Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I actually, I actually do not, um, and not because of its military applications, but because right. everything that we got uh, that we got from it. Right. You know, looking at medicine, like MRIs and things, like, and all forms of nuclear medicine. To something as simple as a microwave. True. Yeah. <laughs> nice. It's good perspective. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. I like throwing the random things out there sometimes if they pop in, but well, yeah, that's good. Hey, good perspective. Hey, keep, keep them coming. <laughs> good. Let me try to think of some other stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, but you know, an atomic bombs, but Nagasaki and Hiroshima probably not a good thing. But you know, yeah, the microwave like, was good though. Like I said, like yeah. the the military applications. Yeah. Okay, I understand the reasoning behind it, but yeah, so like, like, obviously we could do without that. So people when they have like idle starts, like we're gonna nuke this place, we're gonna nuke. Like it's not really, it's not really like a, a logical, realistic thing. Like to nuke a place, like dude, just use your use your microwave yeah. instead. That's nuke that. <laughs> nuke your dinner. I mean, yeah, like what, like what I, whatever I think about anything nuclear is like, like it's like I spent a, the better part of a decade working with this kind of stuff, and mm. besides the fact that it's like extremely, like in in the situations that they're typically in, yeah, even accounting for like Three Mile Island and um, and uh, Fukushima Daiichi, right? Their impact on the environment is negligible. Okay. The the amount of power that they put out is extraordinary when it comes to like, and this is with nuclear generation. Right. The ma- the amount of power they put out is extraordinary, especially with compared to coal plants, gas plants, natural gas plants, wind and solar. So but so ho- can- so Homer Simpson working at a nuclear power plant was not necessarily a bad thing. No, and it's also not unrealistic because because really. <laughs> because in, in the nuclear community in the Navy, we uh, at least on my ship, we kept joking yeah. that that you you have to have the manual dexterity of a human and the, and the functioning uh, cognitive capacity of a monkey to be able to do our job effectively most of the time. Nice, 
well, good. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try to if I have some extra time. I'm, I'm going in. <laughs> yeah, just see. bear in mind if you're stuck in a room with like three or four other people for like upward of like five or six hours, and it's the middle of the night. The conversation is kind of weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good. Then on that note, we're not going to let it get weird. Um, <laughs> enjoy enjoy your Hampton Inn, and uh, enjoy the yep. drive back. And uh, you can listen yeah. to my to my other Theta Chi interviews, and and we'll see where the road takes us. I'll I'll share this with 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 all, and and we'll go from there. All right, sounds like a plan, man. Good man, thanks for chatting. Yeah, yeah, you too. Uh, thank you too for inviting me. Yep. So I want to thank Andrew for coming on the podcast. Uh, you can subscribe, like, and share this podcast and write five-star reviews with your Apple and your Google Play and all that stuff. And uh, he's he's actually leaving Facebook at the end of the month. So I had to rush to make sure I didn't let this thing sit too long uh, to get it out there. Uh, I've had other Facebook friends, I think, leave before I got to interview them. But he's actually, I think, the first maybe I've interviewed where they're no longer on it. So... Enjoy this farewell conversation as he enjoys Facebook retirement. Uh, See you next time, guys. Stay awkward, because I will. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.